Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 49 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I am your host, Luke Helgerson. We back. We back. I've been gone so long, but I'm finally returning to the mic. That's right. Been away for a while, people. A lot has gone on. So uh, for this episode, you know, we got to obviously recap the Super Bowl. Maybe talk a little NBA basketball update you on Major League Baseball, and, you know, as always, the unpopular opinion. Let's get right into it. Like I said, Super Bowl. First of all, for those who don't know, I attended Super Bowl 55. That's right. For my work, I got to be there and experience the greatness that was achieved of Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl. Seventh Five Super Bowl MVPs. Ah, it was incredible. One of the greatest experiences of my life. Really cool. My job is very awesome. I'm really glad that I'm able to work for such an awesome company that allowed me to be there. It was great. It was just a really cool experience. And <laughs> for those who don't know, this is my first NFL game. My first NFL game that I've ever attended in person was Super Bowl 55. I had not been to one to any point in my life. I know. Shocking. Shocking as it may sound, the first NFL game I've ever been to was witnessing Tom Brady winning that seventh Super Bowl. The Buccaneers dominated the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. I witnessed the massacre in person. Bucks just look superior on every level, everywhere, from the Brady to Mahomes matchup. Everyone loved to call it the goat versus baby goat. Mm -mm. Tom Brady, the definitive and only goat. They just dominated. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. And we're going to be honest, that's the real reason that the Chiefs lost and couldn't do anything on the offensive end. Patrick Mahomes was running around like like his head was on fire. He was all over the place. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat where it said that he rushed for more yards before being sacked or throwing the ball than anyone had all season, and he ran for like 400 yards before getting sacked or throwing the ball or doing something, just getting past the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was just staggering what the defensive front for the Buccaneers were doing against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes looked pedestrian for the first time in his career. This is the first time in a game where Patrick Mahomes failed to score a touchdown. To be in a game where his team has never scored. This is the first time in his NFL career and collegiate career. And I'd be willing to guarantee, as long as he's a starter, that (laughs) it happened in high school as well. This is the first time ever Patrick Mahomes has not scored a touchdown in a football game. And the Bucs stopped him from doing that. Threw the ball 49 times, 26 completions, 270 yards, two interceptions. He was rattled all night. He was running for his life. Running like a chicken with his head cut off. Just Just couldn't do anything. And I will blame the Chiefs receivers a little bit by not being able to catch the ball. They played a sloppy game. There's a reason they lost. They committed way more penalties And with the penalties, speak on it real quick, all of them were good calls. The penalties were a difference maker. The refs were blowing the whistle a lot in the first half, but the Chiefs were fucking up. Plain and simple. Both sides. I mean, they racked up 95 yards in penalties in the first half alone. Eight miscues and all of them. The only one that was debatable was the Mike Evans one because Brady kind of sailed the ball. But... Maybe he can make an athletic freak play if he gets the chance to jump up. He didn't even get the chance to jump. It was definitely pass interference. I think so. Firmly believe it was pass interference. But all the other ones, the trip on Evans as well, when he was going deep, yeah, the guy inadvertently fell, hit his leg, and made him stumble. But that's pass interference. That's interfering with his ability to catch. You got to give him a chance. That's at least how I understand it. I mean, the Chiefs were just sloppy. 
They had drops. The offensive line was terrible. But it needs to be mentioned, the Chiefs were missing three offensive starting linemen. Eric Fisher, Matt Schwartz were out due to injuries. I think another guy got COVID. I mean, and they just couldn't contain what <laughs> Jason Pierre-Paul was going at. I mean, they couldn't stop Barrett to save their life. Even Indomitian Sue stepped up big time and looked like his Detroit days. <laughs> it just overwhelmed the offensive line, and Patrick Mahomes didn't know what to do with it. I mean, that's how you win football games, pass rush, and you got to be able to have a line. you got to be able to protect the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes had no time to throw, and he was doing some ridiculous things. Like the way he could just spin off one foot and just chuck the ball 40, 50 yards down the field easy is just incredible. And then he had a falling pass. Literally got hit, released the ball in air. It looked like a video game. And he still got it to the end zone from 40 yards out. <laughs> it was unreal witnessing what he was doing in person. And he looked pedestrian. The real GOAT Tom Brady was absolute perfection in this game. And it's because the defense was rested. The defense dominated. Put Tom Brady in great field position. They controlled the time of possession the entire game. Like, the Bucs just looked way better. All facets of the game. The running game. The passing game. Everything. You can just look at the stats. Yeah, Mahomes had more yards than Brady, but Brady had eight incompletions, three touchdowns, a rating of 125.8. He was only sacked once. And then Fournette had a big game. Fournette should have been recognized more as, like, really contributing. 16 carries, 89 yards, one TD. Also had four catches for 46 yards. This guy was cut by the Jaguars. Cut. The Jaguars cut him. <laughs> Think about what I'm saying. The, one of the worst organizations in the game cut this man, and he does this in the Super Bowl. Give him 20 carries, I bet he gets you over 100 yards. The run game was there. Even Rondell Jones, 12 carries, 61 yards. Both of them average over five yards a carry. And then another guy brought out a retirement, Brady's friend, ally from the Patriot days, Gronk. Two touchdowns, 67 yards, six receptions. <laughs> if you check out my Instagram, I have Brady throwing one of those dimes to him. It was just dominant. And Fournette, like I said, was the second leading catcher for this Bucks team as far as receiving. And then Mike Evans had one, one catch for 31 yards. Bray had 26 yards. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown, 22 yards. They went right at this secondary with all these weapons. Like Brady's guys, who he relied on. He just brings in a winning culture. He brought in a guy who was in being arrested, Antonio Brown, <laughs> was struggling out of the league, had the whole ordeal with the Raiders. Then who was he on? I can't even remember. The Patriots for a second, and then boom, gets in this legal trouble, and now he's back catching passes for touchdowns in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, who he wanted to team up with in New England. <laughs> oh, man. It's just... It's wild. Brady's guy, Gronk. I mean, Brady, this is the difference. Brady can go to any organization and turn them into a Super Bowl contender. And I know the Bucs have so much talent all over their roster. Their defense is definitely one of the best in the leagues. I don't know why people doubted them all year, even when they were, what, 7-5 and five at one point? 5-3? and three? Like, they started the year, you know, first year together, new coach, new system. You got to figure it all out. But they had the talent. And talent was there. They just looked. The defensive line for the Bucks was better than the Chiefs. The offensive line was better. The quarterback was better. The running backs were better. The receivers played better. People were making catches. They had a lot of drops. Like Kelsey had 10 catches for 133 yards. And Tyreek Hill, I, I don't recall him having seven catches for 73 yards while I was watching the game. But it makes sense. Because Patrick Mahomes had to throw to someone. Other than that, quiet. Nothing. They had nothing. And I always thought watching the game, watching the Bucks do what they did, 
I really thought that the Chiefs were going to come back. I mean, it was only 21 to 21-6 at halftime. It was close. It was close, but Brady just did his smart thing at the end of the half, went <laughs> went went for the bomb. Every time at the end of the half, Brady is going to air it out and try and make something happen. They're either going to get the deep catch, aim for the pass interference, or, oh, well, it didn't work. We'll punt it away. They're going for it every time, airing it out in that situation. And sure enough, it worked. The pass interference, Mike Evans, boom, right there, sets up the touchdown. Sloppy play by the Chiefs is what doomed them on all sides of the ball. Um, Andy Reid made no adjustments. They went away from the run game. Patrick Mahomes had five runs, but that's because I think some, a lot of them, all five of them, were not drawn up. They were just him having to scramble, just him having to get out of there for dear life, running f- for his life in fear. <laughs> uh, it was just dominating. Dominant performance by the greatest quarterback ever. It needs to be understand. Tom Brady is the greatest football player ever. And it's not just because of champions. It's championships. It's because he turns places around. Who was Bill Belichick before Tom Brady? He had one winning season as a head coach. Remember with the Browns? Even with the Patriots, his team weren't that good. Maybe he has two. When was Bill Belichick ever a winner before Tom Brady? Sure enough, Tom Brady leaves. He's back winning Super Bowls, Belichick didn't even make the playoffs. And I understand the quarterback situation is rough. They don't have a lot of offensive weapons for the Patriots, but that's Bill Belichick's fault. Tom Brady still carried that team to double-digit wins. (laughs) Made the playoffs with no weapons for the Patriots a year before. And now, with weapons, with a great team, back to winning Super Bowls. He just changes the mindset of the players in the locker room. When you got a guy who you know is going to be the greatest when he steps on the field and do whatever he can to win, it changes, the, it changes how your team runs, changes how it works for you. That's the kind of difference that Tom Brady brings to a team. Who are the Bucs? They have, of all professional sports, the Bucs have the lowest winning percentage of all of them. <laughs> And Tom Brady went to this organization and won a championship his first year he was there. (laughs) It's what the greatest winner in professional team sports does. And Bill Russell is second on that list of people in the fact I only put him second even though he has more championships simply due to the fact that they only had eight teams back then. You know, I wouldn't assume Bill Russell is winning 12 champ- 11, 12 championships with 30 teams in the league. I don't think that's how it's going to work. It, it doesn't work nowadays. It's not going to happen. So, But I do respect Bill Russell is the second greatest winner. But Tom Brady is the greatest winner in team sports. Ten Super Bowls. Seven Super Bowl rings. Five Super Bowl MVPs. Two different organizations. It's unreal, and I got to witness it. It was a quite the spectacle, I got to tell you. You know, and it was quieter than I thought it was going to be. There was only twenty five thousand people there. Seemed like a lot more people than that, but that's because I guess I haven't been in a crowd in a long time, considering it's COVID. Had to wear a mask the whole time. I wore my mask, sanitized everywhere, washed my hands every time I even. You know, went outside. You know, we took the precautions. Got tested every day. That's how, well, not every day. (laughs) Every Monday and uh, Thursday leading up to the Super Bowl and then Monday and Friday Super Bowl week. And then I got a test before I left. And I was co- and I've tested negative every time, not detected. So your boy stays healthy. But it was a great experience. I I just can't thank my company enough. Fortress US. If you look it up, it goes under Fortress GB awesome company. We did the credential scanning for the entire Super Bowl. That's right. People scanned in on our credential machines. We also do loyal pro- loyalty programs for professional sports teams. So I'm an account manager for them and help them with setup and getting the machines to work. So it's an awesome job. It was a great experience and can't thank them enough for allowing me to be at the Super Bowl and work the Super Bowl and be a part of the 
be a part of it. So, yeah, Fortress. Look it up, people. Anyways, moving on. Topic number two. Let's talk about the NBA All-Stars. That's right. We are going to vote on the All-Star game right here, right now. But first, it needs to be said that the players hate the idea of an All-Star game. That's right. The NBA, first, they said they weren't going to have an All-Star game. As the season's gone on, they announced that they will have an All-Star game that will take place, what, March 5th in Atlanta, Georgia. They're going to have it. And the players... Not thrilled to say the least. LeBron James, Giannis, Carmelo, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul. A lot of guys speaking out against it and do not want it to happen. But it needs to be said, NBA All-Star Game has been going on since 1951. And wow, wow. And they're not going to have it? That'd be a little shocking. But I don't think they should have it. And I agree with the players. LeBron was like, I'll physically be there, but mentally I'm going to be checked out. I have zero energy, not looking forward to it at all. It's a slap in the face to the players uh, that thought it wouldn't be held this season. Kawhi Leonard just thought it was all about money. He, he said that's all it was. It's money on the line. It's an opportunity to make more money. Just putting money over health right now, pretty much. That's a direct quote. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, how funny. Absolutely hilarious. And just, I mean, the NBA got to figure out a way to make up the revenue. I mean, they're not having fans in the building at, what, like 40% of venues? Uh, they're, they're not having fans everywhere. And they're not having full stadiums at the places that are having fans. It's a very limited number of people. It's just in the middle of a pandemic is the best idea to get all these players together, all the star players at that, even risk it. All-Star Weekend is a party. Uh, the Super Bowl was a party. Like it's these big events lead a lot of people to go out and have fun, get get turned. It's what people do when big events come to town. It's just what happens. And the players, I'm sure, don't want to take the chance of getting sick. But here the NBA is. We we need the money, baby. We got to increase that revenue somehow. Mm. But with that being said, we are going to vote on the NBA All Star Game. None. The less. That's right. We got, got to see what's going on out here. Got to see. Got to let you know who the best of the best is. Who's going off. Now, I need to mention a couple ground rules for this. I'm voting somewhat on winning and somewhat on statistics. Some guys are going off and being great, and they're just on terrible teams, and I think they're playing better than we ex Even though they're on a bad team and putting up great numbers, they deserve more credit because the team is that awful, and they do this much, and the team is still dreadful. It's just absolutely dreadful. But So winning and statistics matter when it comes to voting in the All-Star game. I'm not voting on who's, you know, should be there. I'm voting on who really belongs. Like, who has done the best this year to get starter for the All-Star game? So we'll start in the Eastern Conference. Um, first, the guards. We'll start with Kyrie Irving. He's averaging 27.5 points a game, 5.8 assists, 4.6 rebounds. Uh, he's been great for them in his time that he's been able to be on the floor. Hasn't been very much, though. He's missed some time. You know, you know, we, he sat out. But when he's on the court, he is incredible. The Nets are 14-12. A little bit of a three-game skid, but KD hasn't played in any of those games. So I, I don't think it's too concerning, but Kyrie said they look very average. And, you know, they do look average. They look average in the fact that their team is not anywhere near a championship-level team besides the three best players, Durant, Kyrie, Harden. Those are the only guys who are championship-level players. I don't believe in DeAndre Jordan. He's not a rim protector anymore. He does not have the same bounce that he had in his Lob City days. Joe Harris, I would say, is the fourth best player. He's a knockdown shooter, but at the same time, I'm not really that scared of him when it comes to these other better teams in the league. And outside of that, whew, slim pickings. Slim pickings. Jeff Green, I guess. But anyways, I do think Kyrie is still an all-star this year. When he's been on the court, he's a bucket. I mean, he can do every single thing. He's shooting 54% this year, 40% from three, 91% from the free throw line. 
just going off, going off. <laughs> just a straight automatic bucket. Excuse me, 52% from the field. Um, but he's playing great. Guy's an absolute bucket, so I think he belongs as an all-star, one of the most exciting players in the league. Second guy, I got to say, Bradley Beal. Look, averaging 33.3 points a game, leads the league in scoring four and a half assists a game, five rebounds. This man is, like I said with Kyrie, a walking bucket. His team is just dreadful. I mean, he'll score 40, and they'll still lose by 30. <laughs> They're just, the Wizards are just terrible. This 33.3 points a game. He's 27. I'm, and again, they're awful. The Wizards are terrible, even with Westbrook. Who's the third best player? NATO? E. Smith? <laughs> Who? Who on this team is any good besides those two players? Robin Lopez? Hushimura is not bad. He's not bad, but not great. Bertans, he's not great either. The rookie, Denny, eh. I haven't heard his name much this year, and I've watched some Wizards game, and he, he's absent on the court. Barely even notice he's on there. But Bradley Beal, and like I said, he's, he scores 40. They lose by 30. Like they're just not good, but they did beat the Nets the other night with KD out there in a very fun game. I just think Bradley Beal belongs in the All-Star game. If you're the league's leading scorer and your team is just this bad, you still need some recognition on what you're doing. So I definitely think Bradley Beal gets my vote. Now let's move to the forwards of the Eastern Conference. We got to start, I think, with the guy who's second in MVP voting right now. In my opinion, if I were to get out a vote and vote for second place, it'd be Joel Embiid. I've seen him play live against the Orlando Magic this year. Uh, unstoppable. He was unstoppable, and he is unstoppable. 29 points a game, three assists, 11 rebounds. I mean, the guy is. If he can stay healthy, his biggest thing, he just has to stay healthy. It, it's crucial for him. It just stay on the floor. Just stay out there. And he had to go back to the locker room last night. I'm just, it's, injury concerns are always a thing with Joel just because he's never played a full season. And in the shortened season, it's got to worry you a bit. But he's going off. 29 points, 54% from the field. 37% from three. It's great for a big man. 85% from the free throw line. If he knocks down free throws, that, that's what you need out of your big man. They got to make free throws. He's been great. 76ers are, have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They just, they're doing their thing right now. They're 18 and seven. Uh, they just beat the Kings last night. I watched it back and forth game. Kings played no defense. Ben Simmons was actually aggressive, but I got I got to tip my cap. Joel Embiid is going off. He just needs to stay healthy. Just needs to stay healthy. So I'm giving Joel Embiid a vote. My second vote has got to go to the guy who's coming back off an Achilles injury and Kyrie Irving's teammate in Kevin Durant. 29 and a half points a game. What's that? Good for second in the league in scoring, if I recall correctly? I guess he doesn't qualify for the number of games. Because <laughs> he's right there behind Steph Curry at 29.6. But Durant, he's, it's amazing that he's coming back from an Achilles injury and hasn't hurt him too much. The free KD, apparently, you know, they're holding him out of games, saying he broke protocol. He's been in contact with people, contact tracing. You know, they're not letting him play. But golly, 29 and a half, five assists, seven rebounds. Uh, he still looks like Kevin Durant, who I think when fully healthy, of all the players in the league, is the second best player in the league. Yeah, easily. I mean, there's not one thing he can't do. He's a great player. So, yeah, give me Kevin Durant. Final guy, the team with the second best record in the Eastern Conference, their leader, their MVP, the two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 27.3 points a game, 5.6 assists, 
11 rebounds. I mean, he's still his just dominant self. I'm just not that big a fan of his game. I need need him to knock down jump shots consistently. That's the biggest thing for Giannis. You got to be able to knock down jump shots. His three-point percentage just, look, he's not a three-point shooter, but he's got to be able to make them a little more consistently. 28%, yeah, and his field goal percentage is 55, but that's because he gets a lot of dunks. He's starting to stretch it. He shot out a little more. He's starting to be able to do it, but he, he's got to improve. And he's still young, only 26 years old. He's got time to develop that jump shot, but he needs – he that's his only flaw. His only flaw in his game is not being able to hit the outside shot. It was Braun's problem early in his career. It's now Giannis's problem early in his career. He's got to turn it around. Got to make those shots. But I, he's still an MVP. And he's still dominant on both sides of the ball. Um, he's just one of the best players in the league, no doubt about it. So he definitely deserves a vote. His team's playing well. Second best record in the Eastern Conference. Um, like the Bucks, they're getting better as the year's gone on. They're on a five-game win streak. They got the best point differential in the Eastern Conference. As a matter of fact, they got the best point differential in the league at plus 9.9. Uh, they're 16-8. and eight. I like the roster, they're a game and a half back of the one seed from the 76ers. I think they're going to keep improving as the year goes on, and a big part of that will be because of Giannis and Titicumpo. So that's your Eastern Conference. We got Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal at my guards, and then I got Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, and Giannis and Titicumpo as my front court. And that's the best record in the Eastern Conference. That's the best roster in the Eastern Conference right there. If you were to put a team together of Eastern Conference players, there's the best roster right there. All right, let's move on. Western Conference. Again, I think winning matters when it comes to this. And I also think, like, statistics do go a long way. But I think winning also comes into a factor when guys have very similar stat lines and are doing the same thing. And when their stats go more towards winning. Bradley Beal's the exception just because his team is atrocious. These other guys, where I think this is the only time the debate, can, the debate here can get a little tricky, is with the Western Conference here. So first guy, Steph Curry, he's having a bounce back here. He's second in the league in scoring, 29.6 points a game, six assists, five rebounds. He's still set Steph Curry. How easily we forget how good these guys are when they just are gone for a year. They're only 13 and 12, but they're in a, the Western Conference is tough. Western Conference is very tough, but Steph Curry, just greatest shooter of all time. There's not a shot he can't hit. Not He can make it from anywhere. He's shooting 48% from the field, 42% from three, 42% from the free throw line. He's getting those steals, 1.2 a game. He's just, again, he's a top five player in this league. He, he belongs there. He plays like it every time he's on the floor. Spectacular player. And look, they're the eighth seed right now, 13 and 12, but I still think he belongs in the All-Star game just based on what he does on a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, he, he does the spectacular every night. He had a 50-point game, 54, earlier this year. He went off. He belongs as an all-star, so give me Steph Curry. Second guy. I'm a Mavs fan. Needs to be said. Luka's one of my favorite players in the league. I always want to see my Mavericks do well. I always try to support the team as much as possible. People, I've watched a lot of Mavericks games, and I've watched a lot of Portland Trailblazers games. And the guy who's had a bigger impact and has been better this year and has played better overall and has had more team success is Damian Lillard, and he's the second guard. Dame belongs there. He, 29, he's third in the league in scoring, 29.4 points a game, seven assists, four and a half rebounds. Look, Luka's numbers as far as assists and rebounds are better, but Dame Dalla has had more impact on his team winning than Luka has. They're 13 and 10, that being the Trailblazers. The Mavericks, 11 and 14. Luka does great things, but the Mavs have been blown out in a lot of games this year. Uh, the roster just doesn't impress me. 
I think the Trailblazers are a better team for sure as far as overall roster, but Dame Dalla contributes more to winning than Luka does this year. He's putting up just as good as stats, if not better. I mean, obviously Luka has more assists, more rebounds, but Dame, they're winning 13-10. and 10. They're fifth in the West, and he's going off. He's already had a game winner this year, 47% from the field, 40% from three, 94% from the free throw line. <laughs> He's killing them out there. He's absolutely destroying guys. And every night he's going to hit something crazy, always shooting from the logo. Uh, and again, Luka's one of my favorite players. But look, look at the stats, 45% from the field. 31% from three, 78% from the free throw line. Four assists, four turnovers a game. Like, Luca just hasn't been as productive, I think, as Dame this season. And Luca will be an all-star, he'll definitely be a reserve, but I think Dame Dollar deserves to be a starter this year. He's the second best shooter in the league, right there behind Steph Curry. Why not put the best shooting backcourt together possible and give me Steph Curry and Dame Dalla. To the forwards, obviously, we got to give it to King James, the MVP of the league, averaging 25 points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds. Lakers have the second-best record in the Western Conference, right there behind the Jazz. 19-6, and six, they're on a five-game winning streak. LeBron, he's the king. Still the best player in the league after 18 years, 36 years old. Just can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> I don't understand it. I've watched a lot of Lakers games, too. I got to tell you, people, if you if are a true basketball fan, you got to invest in NBA League Pass. Free plug NBA. Look, it's just... It's the best purchase you could possibly have as a basketball fan. You get to watch any basketball game you want. Nationally broadcast games, you got to watch it a little differently, but you can watch any team that you want, depending on the region that you live in. You might get some blockout, blackouts for certain teams, depending on where you live. Like, I get the Orlando Magic blocked out, but it is what it is. I still got to watch every team, and watching LeBron, still the best player in the league. He's played all 25 games, hasn't sat out any games. Still playing 34 minutes a night. I mean, he's averaging more minutes a game than Zion, Ja Morant, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a, it's unbelievable what LeBron James does on a night-in, night-out basis at this point in his career. It really doesn't make any sense. And again, pretty much watched every Laker game. He's dominant. Hits game winners, talking shit to fans, who <laughs> goes right after him. It's just incredible. Courtside Karen, I mean, it's just so funny that LeBron James is just getting motivated by white blonde women on the <laughs> in empty arenas. It's absolutely hilarious that what LeBron James does, man. Ah, and he just kills him every time. That's his motivation. Remember when the, what was it, front office executive for the Cleveland Cavaliers talked smack to LeBron James after he missed a shot at the end of the third quarter. He went off in the fourth quarter, scored, what, 19, 21 points? Just killed him. Just killed him. That's what's given him motivation this length in his career. That's why they have a better road record than they do home record because a lot of the places they go on the road allow some fans on the court to talk smack, and sure enough, here LeBron is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> coming in, tell, shutting them up on their home court. They're 12-2 and two on the road. This theory is very true. Some of the places, they, a lot of the places they've been have had fans. Cavs had fans. Hawks had fans. And that's his motivation. LBJ, just the GOAT. It's what he do. He definitely deserves the vote. Second guy, um, another team that's been great, Kawhi Leonard. With the Clippers, 26 points a game, five assists, five rebounds. He's the claw. Still one of the best defensive players in the league. Watch some Clippers games. Look, he still does his thing. Maestro of the mid-range can knock down a three-point shot at any given time. 
I'm honestly surprised when Kawhi Leonard misses. I really am. Every time I see him shoot, I'm like, this is going in. Uh, I'm honestly shocked when it misses. They're on a two-game skid, 17-8. and eight. Still a great team. Paul George has stepped up nicely for them, but I think Kawhi Leonard is the true leader of that team, the true best player, and belongs there. So got to give it to Kawhi Leonard. Just Again, another top five player in this league, definitively. I think without question. And then the final all-star starter who gets my vote, Nikola Jokic. I think he's the best center in the game today. He's averaging 27.5 points a game, 8.5 assists, 11.5 rebounds. Um, I, I really think he's the best center in the game. I think he's just ahead of Joel Embiid in the fact that he's a better shot maker, shot creator, and just as good as rebounder. I think he's just a little – his offensive game is a little more versatile than Joel Embiid's. I think Joel Embiid should be more on the block more, while as Jokic is like a Dirk Nowitzki-type game. You know, he takes his time, but he's a better passer. Now, Jokic kills him out there. And it just doesn't look like it, he's trying very hard at all. When I watch Jokic, I'm like, is he trying? Does he, <laughs> does he go hard? I, I, I don't see – him trying very hard. Now, again, Nuggets have struggled a little bit, 12-11. and 11. They're on a three-game losing streak, but Jokic night in, night out gives me spectacular highlights for just no-look passes, makes unbelievable shots, and their three losses are to pretty serviceable teams. They've lost to the Bucks, Lakers, and I think the Kings are a competitive team. They're not terrible, not great, but not terrible, and they're not bad either. They're just okay. Just an average team. But I, I do like this Nuggets team. Jokic just, I think he's leading them in every statistical category. Every statistical category. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Jokic. <laughs> 1.6 steals, uh, 0.7 blocks. I mean, just, he needs to give, I think he's third in MVP voting. If I were to give a vote. What he does is spectacular. 56% from the field, 40% from three. He's literally a Dirk Nowitzki that can pass, if we're going to be honest. That, that's what he is. A little better rebounder, too. He's great, and I think Dirk is the second greatest power forward ever. We just need just need him to win games. We just got to lead his team to a championship, and Jokic can get to that level. But he's definitely the best center in the game today and definitely belongs as an all-star. So, with that, my All-Stars in the Western Conference, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic. And I think those are the guys. Those should be the All-Stars. They're the best players having the best season. So, those are my All-Stars. Moving on, topic number three, MLB update. The season is going to happen. Apparently, it's going to be a full season at that for Major League Baseball. 162 games. Spring training is supposed to start on time. Uh, pitchers and catchers report next week, Thursday, February 17th. It's going down like that. That's right. It begins baseball. Finally, at least they got it figured out. I, last year, only managed to get 60 games. Just an embarrassment. They could have started... They could have had it figured out way before that. They just dragged on negotiations. I'm glad they came to terms this quickly. And uh, it begins. It begins. <laughs> it's, it's go time. Let's go baseball. Uh, right after football ends, this is right when it starts getting good again. You know, football just ended. Super Bowl happened on Sunday. Now basketball's in full swing. Baseball's coming up. It's a beautiful time of the year, that's for sure, springtime. My life, my life, my life, my life in the springtime. Okay, anyways, I can't sing. Now, so spring training is supposed to start, like I said, next week. All 30 teams are beginning um, February 19th for sure. Um, they're splitting the Grapefruit League here in Florida into a coast side, so there's going to be a west side and an east side. And uh, those teams on the respective coast will only play each other, and they won't go across 
the state to play each other. Still supposed to have a full game set of games, even for spring training, too. So pretty interesting there. Season supposed to start Thursday, April 1st, 2021, opening day. The Dodgers begin their title defense at Coors Field against the Rockies. And then we got some other divisional matchups. The Blue Jays play the Yankees. Braves play the Phillies. Cardinals play the Reds. Mets play the Nationals. Astros play the A's. My Cubbies, when do we play, huh? When's our first game of the year for the best team in Major League Baseball? Oh, the Cubs got a long way to go, to be honest with you. We, I don't know how we're going to do this year as a Cubs fan. I really don't. Uh, let's hope they get something figured out. But anyways, Cubs' first game of the regular season is against the Pirates. So here we go. Let's start the year off with a win against the Pirates on April 1st. Golly, but baseball, here we go, 162 games. I'm glad they're getting the full season. You know, the negotiations went back and forth a little bit. Um, Apparently, some fans are supposed to be in some stadiums, and I don't see why not. Most of them are outdoor. You know, baseball stadiums are pretty big, can fit 50,000, 40,000 people in them. I mean, you could space out a few thousand people in there easily. It's an outdoor event. It shouldn't be that difficult. If they can do it at the Super Bowl, they can do it for a Major League Baseball game. I firmly believe that. And you're supposed to have an all-star game. Um, it's supposed to play, take place July 3rd in Atlanta. Atlanta getting all the plays. They getting the NBA all-star game and the MLB all-star game. Come on now. What's going on here? It'll also include the first time the uh, MLB draft will be there as well. <laughs> Wow, they're just getting everything, huh? What a ridiculous! How ridiculous is that? Uh, it was actually supposed to be the Dodgers. That's why I'm curious why they're just choosing Atlanta for all of them. But yeah, it was supposed to be at Dodger Stadium this year, but you know the pandemic, California ain't allowing that to happen, not in their state. Mm-mm. Unfortunate part. So the MLB had some great rules last year: expanded postseason, universal DH. But no. No, we don't get that. Now, this year, no no expanded playoffs. Oh, and guess what? No universal DH. Back to pitchers hitting in the National League. Ugh, hate that. And then, look, okay, there's another rule I do like. Seventh inning, doubleheaders. Um, I like that rule. You know, makes the games go by a little faster. Doubleheaders can be long, so I get that. But the one I hate, runner on second, in extra innings. Ugh. Get that rule out of here. That's terrible. I don't know how they could have came to this agreement. Who decided this was a good idea? I hate it. I absolutely hate the rule. It's awful. It's stupid. It's a dumb rule. I hate it. This isn't softball. That's why I like the differences between baseball and softball. Softball does this in extra innings where they do put a runner on second. I don't think baseball should be doing that. I don't like the idea of baseball doing that. And I get it's to conserve arms. Pitchers aren't, you know, bullpens. I get it. But that's part of the game. That's what makes baseball great is when you use all your pitchers one game, how are you going to handle it for the next game? Yeah, that's why I, I like the strategy and how baseball works like that, where most of the casual fans don't even pay attention to it. Rosters will once again feature 26 players. And they, they expanded last year. They had 28 players. I wish they had more players, could carry more guys. It just They got taxi squads, though, like they did last year for COVID. Look, the NFL didn't have to cancel any games. The NBA is working through it right now, and games getting postponed and canceled. Um, they'll see if they can make up the games, but baseball's going for it. I say why not go for a full season if some teams don't get the full 162 games because of outbreaks and tracing and all this other stuff. You know, it is what it is. Just the NFL proved you can get through a season with no concerns. I think the NBA proved it as, is proving it right now, and I don't see why not. Just you got to make the right decisions as players, but baseball – getting underway next week. It's when pitchers and catchers report, the baseball season has begun. As a matter of fact, baseball is an all-year-round sport due to the offseason. They go from from February to the World Series in November. 
That's why baseball is glorious. It's such a long, captivating, thrilling, gripping season. And those are the three topics that we're going to discuss today. But we are going to give you an unpopular opinion. Now, Mark Cuban, one of my favorite owners in professional sports, if not my, if not the favorite, really enjoy Mark Cuban, love what he does, love what he has to say, love how he supports his team, love how he's outspoken, love how he's really ingrained in the Dallas community. Just, I think he's one of the best owners in sports. And he lets his voice be heard, and I think that's what every American should do. And Mark Cuban, first of all, I didn't even know this, that the Mavericks have announced that they will stop playing the national anthem before Dallas Mavericks home games. And as a matter of fact, they haven't been playing the national anthem all year. And my unpopular opinion is that I agree with Mark Cuban that we shouldn't play the national anthem at sporting events. Here's why. And I'm not unpatriotic. America is the greatest country on the planet. There are some other great countries out there, but I think we are the best. But we get that. We understand that we live in America and we have a lot of freedoms that other countries don't. But we do not need to play a song at every social gathering that we go to. And think about it. It's the only social gathering where we play the national anthem first. When you go to a concert, does a band just be like, all right, we're going to play the national anthem first and then we'll, then we'll get this concert underway? No, they don't. What about uh, when you go to the movie theater? Do they play the national anthem before you watch your movie? No. When you go to work every day, just like these NBA players and professional athletes are doing, do, uh, do you at work play the national anthem every day? No, oh, no, you don't. So when going into work, you don't do it. I don't think it's necessary for us to be playing the national anthem at every sporting event. Look, now, I, what I do like is what we do at all sporting events. They play, they announce, like, oh, we want to thank our servicemen and military. You know, like, I'm for that. I don't think it's disrespectful to stop playing the national anthem. We, we play the national anthem for what reason? I don't, I don't know. But it's overplayed. It would have more significance if we used it in, like, proper moments. And I think the proper moments to use it would be when people are representing the U.S. in terms of sports around the world. So let the Olympics, the World Cup, the World Baseball Games. There's a lot of other opportunities. You know, FIBA, all that other stuff. There's a lot of opportunity to be playing it there, you know, when you're representing our country. But we don't need to hear the song every time we go to a sporting event or do some form of entertainment in this country. It doesn't make us any less American that, the, that they don't play the national anthem. When have you gone to the game to be like, God, I, I'm here to he hear the anthem. I'm here to listen to the national anthem. Like, oh, you hear the anthem, you're like, who's singing it? All right. And then, you know, you stand up, hand on your heart, or if you don't want to do that and stand there, be respectful or sit, kneel, whatever you want to do. It just... I don't think it's that big a deal that we don't play it at sporting events. We don't do it at other places of work. We don't do it at other forms of entertainment. It's just with sports where we play the national anthem. I think it's just overplayed and unnecessary, and we just don't need to do that. So I like Mark Cuban getting rid of it. I, I like it. I like that they're not playing it anymore. And I don't think it's a, that big a deal. I'm hearing a lot of people say, like... Oh, how disrespectful of him. How terrible. It's like, it's a song, people. Calm down. We still think America's the best country just because we don't play this little tune before this game. We're un-American. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> we still love this country, even though I, I don't need to hear a song. I, like, it doesn't matter what, why it's played in the first place. I'll tell you why. It all happened in wartime at a Chicago Cubs game. So this happened in uh, all the way back September 5th, 1918. That's right, World War I time. This was right around the time that the U.S. announced that they were drafting Major League, plays, uh, Major League Baseball players to the uh, military draft. And so game one of the World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs, it was when uh, the Red Sox had Babe Ruth and, you know, the Cubs were still competing for championships until they had that huge drought, and then they 
did the greatest thing that any sports team has ever done and won the World Series in 2016, 108 years later. Go Cubs, go. Anyways, so, and um, what happened the day before, um, there was a bomb that went off in Chicago, and it killed four people and injured dozens more. And, um, you know, that's what happened before the game in Chicago. So, big event, you know, and the war's happening, all that's going on. So, um, in the... During the seventh inning stretch, the U.S. Navy began to play the Star Spangled Banner and something changed. At the beginning of the song, Red Sox infielder Fred Thomas, who was in the Navy and had been granted uh, furlough to play the World Series immediately, turned to the flag and uh, gave a military salute, according to the Chicago Tribune. Other players, you know, joined in, put their hands on their heart, and uh, the crowd went wild. crowd went crazy for it. You know, hoorah, America. You know, it's trying times. We're at wartime, you know. Hoorah this country. And ever since then, we have played it at every sporting event since. <laughs> and that's how it goes, because the crowd loved it so much. Well, you know, that was during wartime, you know, when our country was at a pivotal point and we could have been taken over by Germany the first time. Uh, it was crazy times. And now it's not like that. It's not like that. We don't need it. It's overplayed. It's unnecessary. It would have more significance and more um, meaning to it if we played it at pivotal moments when we were representing ourselves to the world. We don't need to hear it every time at a sporting event that takes place in this country. Every single baseball game, every team plays 162. Times that by 30, you do the math. <laughs> every NBA game, each team usually plays 82 games. Well, they played, they're playing 72 this year. Every single sporting event, rodeos, NASCAR races. Do we hear it at golf events? Like, do they play the national anthem at a golf event? I, I'm actually curious. I've never been to a golf event, but do they play it in the morning before we tee off? Do they sing the national anthem? Oh, they don't? Interesting. I guess that's the only one. <laughs> I guess that's the only one, but I don't think we need to play the national anthem anymore. It's overplayed. It's overdrawn out. Look, we live in the best country in the world, but we don't need to sing a song every time at a game to, uh, signific um, to show that we're the best country in the world. So, uh, yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. And that's the end of episode 49 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Uh, more episodes to come, I promise. It's been busy, hectic times. I've been, I was in Tampa the past month for the Super Bowl. Haven't had a chance to record any episodes until now. So we're going to hit the ground running, people. I'm coming in hot with episodes. So stay tuned, stay locked in, because it's coming at you quick. No homo. All right, I'm out. Peace.